Imagine living in a house where every time you turned around a corner, you saw a dark shadow. There's something terrifying about a haunted house. But what about houses that aren't just merely haunted by the souls of the dead, but houses that are haunted by demons? Hey everybody, welcome to the Eerie Podcast. My name is Noah. I hope you all are doing so, so well. I am actually doing okay. I'm doing good. I'm better than I was. It's been a hard few months, to be honest. I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. I think it's important to be transparent. Things have been difficult. But you know what? I see a light at the end of the tunnel. And despite what happens next, I have my dogs and I have my wonderful family. So you know what? Whatever else happens, just happens, you know? (laughs) When this episode comes out, it's going to be Halloween. Can you believe it? It's already Halloween. (laughs) It's crazy to me. It's so crazy to me. So yeah, we're doing another spooky haunted type thing. Because why not? Haunted houses are cool. Uh, Demon houses are even cooler, I guess. (laughs) Um, I actually have not done as much as I usually do around this time of the year. This is my favorite time of the year too. But as I've said before... I've been going through kind of a rough patch lately, and I'm getting through it, but it's just, you know, sadness has its hold, and sometimes it makes it so you can't do the things you love, which sucks, but I'm getting there, buds. I'm getting there. I got my Eerie crew. I got my dogs. I got all the things I need. So today we're talking about something that I'm really, really excited to talk about. And I know we've talked a lot about demons lately, but why not talk about them a little bit more? So we've talked about like a possession before, but we haven't really talked about the possession of a home. So hauntings are always different, of course, but let's talk a little bit about what it's typically like to have a house that's not haunted by a spirit, but a demon. So these things do vary, of course, but some of the most common things that you'll see in a house that's inhabited not by spirit but a demon one of the most common is a disembodied voice this disembodied voice will kind of go like come from behind you or somewhere in the room but you can't see anybody and i think this is probably the most creepy i would prefer if these spirits don't talk to me at all (laughs) like i just don't like it i've actually had an experience so when i was a kid my sisters were having a sleepover and a couple of their friends were over and i remember i don't remember what they were doing specifically but i do remember what happened next so there was a random knock on the door and it was just us kids at the house and it was like a normal knock so we went to go open the door and when we opened it we heard a little girl say hello just like that it was so creepy And there was no one there. Like, it was so close that it couldn't have been from further away. It was terrifying. I remember we slammed the door and all of us, including the friends that we had over, just started bawling. It was crazy. I haven't experienced anything like that since then, but stupid crazy. (laughs) The next most common thing that you would see in a house that's inhabited by a demon would be pets Not like just barking at random air or just looking at something, but pets that are terrified, like where they're growling and hissing at just some 
hidden thing. Or maybe your pet is acting a lot, like, very aggressive and there's been a lot of, like, weird things going on in your house. They're terrified. Or just, you know, whatever your pet's form of terrified looks like. Because it changes based on the pet, like the individual pet itself. Maybe your dog doesn't want to go into a specific room and, like, literally will not go in. Or maybe they're whimpering. Super creepy. So one thing that I found was a quote from True Tales of the Ouija Board by Stephen Wagner. And it goes over how a group of girls were playing with a Ouija board. And they were having fun. And randomly, whatever they were talking to mentioned their dogs. And they asked the spirit what it meant. It simply replied, you'll see. Then, not long after that, the girls heard their dogs screaming outside, like screaming. When they went outside to check on them, they found a burn mark on one of their dogs. Hell no. If a demon was to come after my dog, I would get the Pope. I would absolutely go get the Pope. I'd be like, Pope, come here. Come on. Let's go. Let's get this demon. <laughs> no, thank you. I love my dogs way too much. So another thing that is common in a demonic possessed house is shadow people. So a lot of people presume that shadow people are either demons or ghosts, but typically that was super weird, guys. I just heard like a breathing in my ear and, and now I have chills. Yeah. Anyway, so let's say you're just walking down your hall and you hear something drop and you turn around in the room you just left. There's like a shadow figure that is sticking out of the doorway and that just pops right back in the room. That to me is one of the most terrifying things. Shadow figures terrify me. They're just void of light figures, maybe a little transparent. Like that's terrifying. Shadow people, you are not welcome. Like go find somewhere else <laughs> to be. Go to the shadow realm. Do that. Ain't nobody wants you here. All right. The next thing that's very common is demonic dreams or nightmares. Like where you'll wake up and you'll like feel super exhausted or you're sweating and maybe your door's open when you left it closed. A lot of people also experience waking up to shadow figures or scratches or loud bangs or voices. So that's another common thing. Obviously, the next one would be holy objects like a cross or, you know, a photo of Mary or a Bible being damaged or ruined or like maybe a crucifix falling off the wall things like that another common one is the smell of sulfur or decomposition typically this is seen as one of the most telling if there's no reason there should be a smell like this so some people say that the smell will typically happen when someone tries to bless or cleanse an area that is possessed by a demonic spirit. The next thing is like random bad things happening. So like maybe you lose money or you get in a car accident or you're just completely drained and having mood swings or unexplained feelings, like things that you don't understand, like even hatred. Yeah, so you might get some bad luck too if you have a demon in your house. And then another thing is spirits that are visiting you. So they come off as like friendly spirits, whether you're talking to them through a Ouija board or a maybe you're just seeing entities or things are moving. Maybe they're trying to pretend to be nice, but they're actually demons. 
We may do this to like lower your defenses and take control. Typically, they'll try to get you to invite them in. Like, be like, okay, come on. Come on, everybody. Let's come. Let's let's get in my house. And yeah, it's typically, even if it's a normal ghost, don't invite it. I I know it might be hard for some of you. I love haunted stuff, but I also do not want a demon. So there's that. <laughs> um, another few things are obvious, pretty obvious, but like psychological issues or demonic possession, which we talked a lot about in the Annalise Michelle case. If you want to go back, it talks a little bit about that and like some of the symptoms or signs, but sometimes they'll possess items too. So specific items can be demonic. And a lot of you can hear a little bit more about demonic possessions. We've talked a little bit about Ed and Lorraine, not a lot, lot, but Ed and Lorraine, they have a museum of possessed items, where whether they're cursed or possessed, one of the two, including a Raggedy Ann doll, which is one of the most notable, which everyone would have seen in Annabelle if you saw the movie. Looks very different from what they portray in the movies, but I love those movies. Pretty good. All right, so we've gone a little bit over what a demonic house looks like. So now we are actually going to go into a little bit more. So where the Bel Air house was built, there were a lot of Native American tribes that occupied that region, including the Mingo, Shawnee, and Delaware. And all of them had burial grounds and, you know, spiritual places there until they were pushed out by treaties in the late 1700s, which we talked about literally just a couple episodes ago, something similar at least. So the Bel Air house is on 1699 Belmont Street in Bel Air, Ohio. And I'll have some photos in the Instagram for you to check out. And I'll have photos of all the rooms. But this house was built by a man named Jacob Hetherington in 1847. It supposedly sits on top of both a ley line and an abandoned coal mine, which is close to sacred Shawnee burial caves and beneath a powerful planetary alignment, according to Kristen Lee in her book, Paranormal Confessions, which highly recommend you all check out. It's pretty wonderful if you're curious about this house. So apparently this place has a lot of powerful energy. Like it's like just one hot spot for everything spiritual and paranormal. So according to the Hetherington family history, there was one family member that passed away in this house, which is said to have driven one of the family members to conduct a bunch of seances and occult rituals. And from this, it's said that 11 portals were opened within the walls of the house. And these portals amplify demonic intent and even cause quote unquote slips in time. So like you're like dimensional slips in time. According to paranormal investigators and Kristen Lee, who or is one of the owners of the house, she says that the portals are still open and it's one of the reasons this house is so notorious and considered one of the most haunted places in the whole world. And this is just one small house, guys. <laughs> Crazy. So let's fast forward just a little bit. So the house was sold to a bunch of people over its time. And it did sit on top of a coal mine. When Jacob Hetherington, the one who built it, died, he left his house and his land to his daughter Eliza and his son Edwin. Not long after Eliza died in the house and left Edwin, her brother, 
heartbroken. He was like, oh, <laughs> I just lost both my family members. I'm not sure where the mom is. I don't see anything about that. But Edwin was like, Noah, I'm going to contact my sister. I'm going to get in touch with her. So he'd been, he started studying spiritualism and talking to mediums and trying whatever he could to get in contact with the spiritual world. And because of this, this the location of this place, it said, like I said, that there's portals now and like this house became something it wasn't supposed to. So this house began gaining its reputation while abandoned for many years, actually, before someone was living it for more than just a short time. So it was abandoned for years and years and years. People, when this house was abandoned, would say that this house, like they could see people in the windows, like they could see a bunch of random people opening shades, like people walking around, but apparently no one was in there. Like people would go and check it out. They thought it. So they say that the coal mines, the possible spiritual portals, the nearby burial site, and the planetary alignments that are like specifically above this area that happens so often there cause this place to be something very special, like a nexus. It's a very special place as far as all the things that kind of are there. So Kristen Lee was actually the author of a book, the book that I just told you about. She actually lived there. So she lived there for a few years and she actually owns this house to this day. So Kristen Lee lost her house in a hurricane in 2005. And this house was on foreclosure, like no one wanted it. <laughs> so Kristen could afford it. But no one told her that this place was deemed haunted by everybody else. During her time there, she experienced a lot. So when Kristen moved to 1699 Belmont Street in Bel Air, Ohio, she thought it was beautiful, like two stories, four bedrooms, two bathrooms, a dining room, living room, and a foyer. And it had amazing hardwood floors and a real fireplace. So she said that the first few days she moved in, it was pretty ordinary. It was just normal stuff, moving, focus, putting things together the way you want them, you know, typical moving stuff, <laughs> like new place. You got that new place vibe where you're, you know, get excited to see what everything looks like. So all of a sudden, like things were happening around her, but she didn't really focus too much on them. Like she would see like furniture moved a little bit, but like not while she was there. So she came in the room and it was just a little bit off or like floorboards were creaking and there was no one around to make them creak. And she was like, oh, it's just an old house. You know, it has its weird stuff. <laughs> so she said when she, it started, she was, you know, doing things around the house and she heard someone walk upstairs and she was like, oh, crap, what is that? So she like stopped and she was alone in the house. So when the sound stopped, she let out a breath and she was just like, it's an old house. Like, yeah, it's fine. Then it started again. Like it just kept creaking and creaking. And she was like, holy crap, there's someone in my attic. Holy crap. So later on one night she was sleeping in the living room. You know, there was a lot of work to be done. And she just laid down and fell asleep. Suddenly she woke up and she was like, unsure why. She had like a really weird sensation around her, around her body. And she just felt like something was weird, like something wasn't right. Her house was quiet and the rest of her family was still fast asleep. Everything was normal, it looked like. 
Then when she looked up, there was an apparition sitting next to her on the couch of a tall, thin man with facial hair wearing a hat. He was gray in appearance and he stepped out and he looked like, she said, as if he was in an old black and white movie. But most shocking to her was that he was transparent as well. She jolted upwards and she was like, who are you? The entity did not answer and just silently got up and walked to the foyer and he just disappeared. As she was like trying to figure out what happened and catching her breath, she noticed that there was a clear impression left in the cushion where this gray man was sitting. And that's what she would call him later on, the gray man. She was like, holy crap, that was not a dream. Holy crap. And after that moment is when she no longer thought of her house as a normal house. So that was the first time she saw him, but it would not be the last. And things just got worse over time. Like things were moving on their own and they would turn up in places that she wouldn't put them. And she just became really frightened of the second floor and because that's where most of the stuff happened. So eventually she took all of her kids' toys, everything downstairs, and just was like, you know what? You have the upstairs guy. <laughs> I, I prefer being down here. We can maybe coexist or something. And I mean, you have to remember she got this house in a foreclosure. So it was something miraculous for her that this popped up. But now she doesn't really have much of a choice. So why wouldn't she try and coexist with it? So later on one night, she was laying in bed and she was in the Edwin Hetherington room which was the son of the person who originally owned the house, and her dog was in there with her. It was a pretty typical night, and all of a sudden, a black rain cloud seemed to just appear, and it felt like there was static electricity in the room, and she said she could feel the charge in the air. Before she even realized what was happening, she was pushed backwards and held down. It was terrifying she said her dog bella tried to protect her like was barking running around the room and her dog tried to jump on her to help her and you know save her but the spirit apparently got mad and threw the dog backward and Kristen said that even though bella wasn't the biggest dog it would have taken a good amount of force to throw her you know so super creepy weird Later on, she was like, okay, I am just terrified. I'm, I can't do this. She was afraid to be alone. She tried to have friends stay with her as much as she could. And she literally felt like something was watching her every single move that she made. And she never felt alone. And that's when she was like, okay, I need to get out. So 2009 rolled around and there we are. <laughs> she was like, okay, I can finally leave everything behind. She apparently took a map and she was like, no, I'm going to just pick a place. I'm going to throw a dart, pick a place on this map and then move there. And it turned out that she was going to go to Massachusetts. So she moved to Massachusetts, but she felt like the house wasn't done with her. Not too long after she moved, the code enforcement officer of Bel Air, Ohio, called her and was like, I'm sorry, you have to come back and make sure to take care of your house. Yikes. I would be like, okay, dude, it's demonic. Maybe we should, maybe you can help me burn it down and we can like collect the insurance money. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Don't do that ever. But for real, like that, that's terrifying. Like she tried to get away and of course something happened. So she kept trying to sell it and she wasn't wealthy enough to just, you know, get rid of it and be like, oh, here, it's a loss. <laughs> like she had to do something with it. 
So she decided to rent it, but no one ever stayed long. They were all terrified. Like, apparently one of the tenants and this, she rented it to a few different people over time. And one of the tenants said that a chandelier almost fell on his head and literally just missed it. Like literally almost hurt him. Then another tenant told her that there was a full on physical assault. So when she finally had the last set of renters that she had, so she went back to her townhouse and then sat on her porch at her new townhouse. And even at her townhouse, she was just chilling. And all of a sudden she saw a gray man. He looked exactly the same, thin, transparent, gray, and wearing old style clothing. At this point, she realized that this guy is, this spirit is following her. So the gray man eventually left and just walked down the driveway and looked her way just to let her know that he was there for her. So he looked her way to make sure that she knew that he was there for her. So she wasn't confused that he was following her. Terrifying. I don't like the gray man, guys. Like, he's just not my type. I prefer like a little more, you know, a little more meat on the bones, a little more modern dressed, a little more colorful than gray, you know? I mean, I might go on a date with him, but who knows? <laughs> I'm just kidding, guys. I'm just kidding. Such a weird thing to say. <laughs> so, yeah, it was a time for her. So, since then, other people have seen the gray man. He always is transparent, always appears in dressed in ragged clothes, wearing either a farmer's hat or a trapper's cap. He has a long, aged face and is commonly described as looking like Abraham Lincoln. After the years of stress, Kristen tried to sell the house by offering it to the town or the village for like a dollar. She literally just wanted to get rid of it. And no one wanted it. So the house was so well known and she and the community felt like it wasn't safe to live in. So she decided to open it up for investigation and research. Since it's been opened for people to come investigate the paranormal there, there have been so many accounts of violent incidents, even alleged physical assaults. So one evening, a staff member was carrying an armload of equipment down the stairs and he felt a strong tug at his clothing. He was thrown off balance and stumbled. His arm went through the second floor window. Uh, this house was shown later on on a television show called Paranormal Lockdown. Other things that have been seen are shadow figures, unexplained footsteps, phantom voices, doors that open and close by themselves, strange knocking and rappings on walls and doors and windows. There's even some videos that you can see on YouTube of people who have gone to investigate and it seems a little like they've gotten actual footage of things moving or potential voices and such. So if you want, check them out. Um, I won't have those linked because I didn't really utilize them for my research, but um, I do really strongly recommend checking out Kristen's book. Like she has first hand knowledge of all this stuff that happened at this house. And it's a quick read guys. It won't take you long, but it's also an audible. So if you're checking out our sponsor using our link, you could potentially download this book for free. So if you don't have Audible yet and you want to sign up, use our link. Use our link. It will, like, what What are you going to lose? <laughs> and if you really want to learn more about this, maybe you're driving to work, you can util utilize our Audible link. You can utilize this book. You can listen to this book. I mean, it is a little creepy. Let's be real. This is creepy. 
This house, I think this might be the most creepy house that I've heard of. Mostly because a lot of people, a lot of investigators believe that this spirit is a demon. But yeah, uh, demonic houses I'm all set with. I'm actually, I'm not a fan, so. Bye. <laughs> Bye, people. No, I'm just kidding. It's not going to end that quick. So if you like this episode, please let us know. I just got a new review and I really appreciate the five stars. It was so nice. And I just really appreciate it. Eerie crew. <laughs> the Eerie tribe, whatever. <laughs> whatever you guys want to be called. What do you guys want to be called? I actually don't know what to call you guys. Like, I really do want Eerie in it, but I don't know. I almost thought of calling you Deeries, but... <laughs> <laughs> Would that be dumb? Deeries? <laughs> Sounds so lame. Uh, but hey, if you guys like it, I'll, I'll call you whatever you want. That sounds so dirty. Okay, I think we're done for tonight. Make sure to check out our social media. Instagram.com slash The Eerie Podcast. Facebook.com slash The Eerie Podcast. And Twitter.com slash The Eerie Podcast. And I just want to say, all of you, happy Halloween. I hope you get your spook on. I hope you feel the vibes of the spiritual nexus. Not a demon nexus, though. <laughs> and keep it eerie. Keep it eerie, peeps. All right. Have a good one. I will see you next Monday. Monday. Hopefully this makes your Monday a little bit better, because sometimes Mondays suck. <laughs> Monday vibes. Hopefully this makes your Monday better. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> all right. Bye, guys. I'll miss you.